1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Betting Weekly podcast by Bet Rivers. It's our EPL show, and we're looking forward to another weekend of cracking Premier League action. And alongside me to do so are the brilliant. First up uh, from pa- is it Paris? You're in, Nigel. Yeah, I'm losing <laughs> track as well. I'm <laughs> well right. I knew it began with a P. I didn't know if it was
0: Portugal, Paris, or Peckham. Um, I was going to say, it's, it's actually Paris, my friend, but out this window here, looking out the window, it does look like Peckham, actually, to be fair, yeah. but uh, yeah, I was over for the tennis, coming back today on the Eurostar, great trip, Sean Calvert has been absolutely on fire, he's paid for the trip with the winners, so uh, not for me, though, I haven't done I had a winner last night, though, plus 280, uh, plus two eighty, 180 winner, so yeah, we've had a great time, coming back this, uh, this afternoon, and uh, we're back for the weekend to do our tennis preview for the weekend's uh, tennis
1: uh, on Sunday. Brilliant stuff. Uh, also joining us, uh, Jack Wright. How are you? Where are you today?
2: Oh, let me have, uh, let me check. Oh, yeah, still in Essex.
1: Yeah, still in Essex. What can
2: you say? Yeah, yeah, we can't have it all, but yeah, we we can only aspire, can't we? Yeah, it's good. Yep. It's good to be with inspirational people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time, time anyone's ever
0: go. said that to me in their life, Jack. So thank you very much for that. Most,
1: done that. Most of it, disappointing people is usually watch <laughs> <laughs> <Very much laughs> He's going to clip that and save that one up and watch it back here before he goes to bed. Okay. That'll, um, I mean, <laughs> I'll keep him busy on the Eurostar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, let's have a quick check-in on the uh, Betting Weekly Handicappers League table, uh, the EPL oh. show, this one, of course. Uh, sits in fourth place, a Champions League spot at the moment, uh, running on a profit of plus uh, 179. Uh, of course, the Champions League guys uh, have jumped up uh, really well uh, over the last uh, few weeks. They weren't that high up the table before, were they, Nigel? So they, they're doing well. That's,
0: that's a combination of everybody. So that's that's a credit to everybody on the Bet Rivers Network. It's not only, um, and, and because we win, it's not only just one team that does the Champions League. It's a uh, Steve from Laguerre, you've got Carlos from Premier from the Portuguese League, Jack's been involved, uh, everybody, Daniele, uh James eastham has got three out of three uh, last week, so that is everybody on that league table has had, a, had, a, had a input onto the Champions League, the only people who haven't had an input yet are the Bundesliga, I don't know why, but uh, they are, <laughs> I'm joking, it's fine, but uh, that, that's that they've all done exceptionally well. So that's, so that's the combination between everybody in the vet rivers network and uh, long may that continue
1: when we come back from the, the world cup break. Fantastic stuff. Uh, let's dive in then to this week's picks. Uh, let's start with you, Nigel. Uh, you've sure. got an opinion on the game between Leeds United and Bournemouth. Big, big win for Leeds United last weekend.
0: Yeah. Big, big win. And it could kickstart their season when well, need something kickstart their season. Um, Leeds were very, very close to sacking Jesse Marsh after the uh, the 3-2 home defeat against Fulham, where the defending was a lot to be desired. Uh, there was a crisis meeting following the game. They decided to stick with the manager because they were playing Liverpool. Um, if they were playing, probably someone down at the bottom of the table, they probably would have got, got rid of him. Because if they were playing, say, uh, this game come around, like a Bournemouth game, they might not have thought they could have gone in that game and got the win. With the Liverpool, it was a... It was a free bet wasn't it to see if we if we, if we win it we be in great shape if we lose it then well we were expected to lose and we'll, we'll we'll fire him but they got the win and suddenly a week is a long time in politics As we only have five prime ministers in a week <laughs> so a week is an even longer time in football so you have a team like uh, like Leeds who are in crisis coming into this game now in absolute full of confident mood the crowd which was Last time game was desperate at Ellen Road, especially in the second half. They, you know, they, they, they wanted the manager out. They wanted to change the team. They couldn't see any way out. Suddenly now, a week later, they win at Anfield. So the place is going to be rocking. Um, so that is, well, first of all, that's a, a big statement from the Leeds board to stick with Jesse Marsh. Uh, whether they, they get, if they get lose this game 2-0 at home, I think the Liverpool game will be forgotten about. But mm-hmm. it's a different game now. And Bournemouth, after again, what was a tremendous start to the season. Um, you know, they had them two that big, heavy defeat. They got rid of Scott Parker, obviously, since then. Gary O'Neill's come in and has done an exceptionally good job to steady the ship, do all right. We've said all along that we think Bournemouth are a side that they're going to be relegated from the Premier League this season. And in the early season four, you know, in sort in of September, October, was that of a side that we're going to potentially finish in the top half of the table rather than the bottom half of the table. But in recent weeks, the cracks are really starting to show showing Bournemouth. Um, I saw them live last uh, against West Ham, uh, and they were dreadful. I mean, I know that West Ham scored two penal, uh, a penalty in the debatable goal involving a handball as well, and they were feel they were harshly done by. But from an offensive point of view, Bournemouth offered absolutely nothing, and that is a concern. Uh, they obviously got beat at home by Southampton, and and we'll come on to Southampton in a minute. But I think Southampton are going to be a real team to struggle, they can't score goals. And I think they, their metrics are so poor at the moment. I think Southampton are going to be yeah. side struggling for relegation. And then last week they have that absolutely bitterly yeah. disappointing game against Tottenham, where they're racing to a 2-0 lead, you know, score early on. Everyone's in disbelief because they've beaten Tottenham and then they peg Tottenham, peg them back and score in the last minute. So I just have a feeling that these two sides come in with hugely different confidences. Um Bournemouth now suddenly were riding on the crest of a wave uh three or four weeks ago. And now they're looking starting to get worried. And Leeds, on the back of a Liverpool win, we're an expectant Ellen Road. Um, I think that Leeds could win this and win this quite well. The thing is, with Leeds, they create a lot of chances. It's not that they don't create chances, but we all know the frailties of their striker, Patrick Bamford. We all know that that they're missing some key players who they sold from last season, Rafinha. Um, but I think it will come good. And I think what we'll see in Bournemouth is we'll see they'll defend resolutely. Leeds will... Miss a few good opportunities, but then they'll score. And I don't think Bournemouth have the goals in them, especially on the road. Um, the game against West Ham, I was so disappointed with them. I was glad to be disappointed with them because I've met them to be relegated. So, um, But I think but I think the Leeds here now, given the vote of confidence behind the manager, given the Liverpool win, and given the way that Bournemouth have played in the last three matches, creating very little... Apart from that, obviously, that game against Tottenham, I think the timing is absolutely right for Leeds to go here, to to have this home game, and I think Leeds will win.
1: Jack, you've also got an opinion, mate. Minus 136,
0: though, just before, minus 136,
1: the price for for Leeds. That's right, Leeds to win against Bournemouth, minus 136. Jack, you've got an opinion on this same game. Um, You've decided to attack it slightly differently, though.
2: Yeah, I've gone for goals in this one, Um, pretty much for all the reasons that Nigel's outlined there. Most of my notes of of what um, Nigel's already said, to be fair. Um, So weight off Jesse Marsh last week, as I say, it was a free swing when it went to Anfield and then getting that great result. Um, But we all know (laughs) that this is the big one for him now to come in and keep that pressure off and keep that momentum going. And my thought process into this is that Jesse Marsh is really going to get Leeds whipped up he knows the crowd are going to be behind them early on and he's going to have to keep them that way. <clears throat> so I think he'll go for Bournemouth from the off. Um, and like I said, they will create chances. Bournemouth's defence has started to revert to type. Uh, as I said, that six games unbeaten under Gary O'Neill was kind of, I think they were just putting off a decision really and to see if they could just keep that run going. But um, that's now ended in, in abrupt fashion. Yeah, Three straight defeats now. So And they're starting to concede those goals, um, the chances. And it's how they're coming about as well. You know, he said there's defensive errors. Um, you know, they're, they're conceding from set pieces. Two goals from corners at the weekend against Spurs, like I said, when they effectively had the game in the bag at half time, throwing it away. Another one from a corner, debatable or otherwise, against West Ham and a penalty conceded. All these sort of things are the are ways to concede goals that sides that get relegated do that. Um, and what and sides that concede a lot and I think like I say if if, if Leeds can get in front here and I'm, I'm I'm expecting a Leeds win as well um then they're not the side that's going to sit on a 1-0 they're not going to sit back the crowd aren't going to let them sit back if they score and they score early the crowd are going to be baying for more and wanting wanting three four goals um eating some of that goal difference um after their poor run um and I think also Leeds have got more than one mistake in them at the back as well. Peter Moore's obviously scored a couple of goals last week, so he's going to cause some problems. Um, I think they're so there's no way they can sit back and, and defend the lead. So I'm going for the fact that you know there's there's lots of goals in the game. You know, Bournemouth conceded more than anyone else away from home. Their goals per game ratio and goals average is huge. So yeah, goals for me in this one. Same odds, one minus one thirty six. Brilliant, good stuff, guys. Uh, let's
0: you could pile uh, yeah. it out. Leeds winning over two and a half goals. You could pile it. Look got some correct scores as well. Leeds three one. Leeds four one. I, I, I think I think this is the last home game as well for Leeds for the World Cup as well. And I think the teams at home will really want to go away knowing that they're not going to play in front of their home fans for, um, for you know for six weeks or so. And I think on the last day of football seasons, when home teams play. Uh, the the lines move very much in their favour because they want to send the fans off with uh, with, with happy memories for the next season. Uh, and I think that is relevant here, and not only in this game, but in a lot of games where it's the team's last home game before the Premier League. So I think teams on the road may struggle because I think everyone wants to send everybody off uh, happy, have a good Christmas, and then come into the new year uh, confident that their side's going to do well. So I think home advantage is a big thing this weekend. And yeah, Leeds is probably one
2: of the top probably five in the league, I'd say, where they've got that absolute kind of fervent support that is like probably old school, traditional fans that have been with them for years and years and years, born and bred. And I think they've got that that atmosphere there, which they want to enhance. And and for, for Bournemouth, it's a huge game as well. So three, three games on the spin, lost, they've got to go and it's a big atmosphere game for them. So, um, yeah, it should, should be a good one.
1: Plenty of goals and a home win. Fingers crossed uh nigel uh your favorite team wolves are in action this weekend they take <laughs> yeah. on brighton well, hang on let's well, I see didn't,
0: if... i didn't i didn't, I didn't <laughs> mention it i didn't mention it i mentioned it last week but i didn't pick it but it was another draw at half time wasn't it and it was a the yeah. nil i mean that they get again is past money but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bore jack or bore anyone else you know just yeah. well i go home and, you know i haven't seen the wife for like a week and I sit there. And do you know it was another deal on your <laughs> She's sitting there, she's gone to Ann summer, she's got all sexy gear on. She's sitting there, do you know they didn't have a shot on target and wolves and you know so I'm not only boring you Jack, I'm boring I'm boring uh, everyone I, I see my, my kids haven't seen them for ages and seen my daughter for a couple of months and she sits down you go does it I still can't go over my head that the Bet Rivers haven't come to terms with the fact that draw at half time in the Wolves game should be minus 60. They can still bet it cons- consistently at plus 110. And it's just a to two for a week. And I don't understand why. Nice.
2: But anyway, it's, just it's just the word wolves. It's like, naturally, yeah. if you're struggling with sleep, just say the word wolves. And I think they're going to change it. They've applied to change it. So instead of ending with an S, it's ending with three Zs at the end of it. Wolves.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, let's, have a go back. let's go back to the game. But I'm going to, just going to play under two and a half goals um, at minus 136 again. I, I would have liked to have played the, the, the draw half time. I think if you're going to get that, it's, it's always a good bet. Obviously, the, uh, the nil-nil at halftime is always statistically a good bet. But I'm just going to keep it simple and just go under two and a half goals. Um, we all know Wolves, defensive, uh, how strong they are defensively, as we say every week. We all know they offer no attacking threat whatsoever. Uh, eight of their 13 Premier League games this season have cashed under two and a half goals. And the majority of them have uh, been against teams sort of mid-table and the bottom. When they played the, the higher sides, uh, there's usually a few more goals. Um, when you look at Brighton... They surprised me massively last week with their performance against Chelsea. And I think they would have perf- surprised everybody. But with Brighton, they're a very, very funny side to read. One minute they can do that, and the next minute they can they can fail to hit, hit the target after creating 27 shots.
2: <laughs> so we never
0: really know with Brighton what they're going to do. And I think the market has got a little bit ahead of itself on Brighton. We know Brighton will be betting this game. And I think that's why they usually are the lines they are. We know that everybody bets them because of their metrics. Uh, I don't think Wolves will... These these are probably one of the most fashionable betting teams in the Premier League against the unfashionable betting team Mm -hmm. in the Premier League. And obviously, everyone will come for the public support for Brighton. But when you look at Brighton, they seem to raise their game or play better offensively against better teams. You know, 4-1 against Chelsea. They've been involved in some high-scoring games against Liverpool, 3-3. They've they've been involved I think, another high-scoring game against... uh, I can't remember the other team, but I looked at the notes earlier. It was three big, high profile games, and they The the overs went in. When they played teams in the bottom half of the table, it's a very, very different story. They played four teams in the bottom half of the table um, this season. They played uh, Leeds, Fulham, Brentford, and I can't remember that one. There's one other, but I can't remember what it was now. But all four of them were cashed under two and a half goals in very low scoring affairs. One nil, nil nils, like two nil wins. Nothing much. And I don't know what that is. Maybe that maybe that they think, well, OK, well, let's have a real go against the big boys because they want to be considered a big boy. Or whether they think to themselves, well, let's just go back to defensive mode and we can probably nick a 1-0 win and they won't be good enough to, to beat us. So it's a very different Brighton against the big teams to, to, to Brighton against the, the bottom half of the table sides. So I, I think this is going to be very low scoring. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see another nil-nil draw in this game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Brighton win it one or two-nil. I wouldn't bet Wolves with anyone's money. But I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think under two and a half goals here, given the fact we know that Wolves are the lowest scorers in the Premier League, and given that uh, Brighton against bottom half of the sides don't really go all out to, to create loads of chances to score loads of goals. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with just the under two and a half goals. But again, I wouldn't put anybody off betting the draw at half time. I wouldn't put anybody off betting nil-nil at halftime because that cash is regularly and it is a value play. But let's mix up a little bit. Same kind of thing. but we'll just go
1: with the under two and a half goals. And that's at minus 136. Uh, Jack, Manchester City, they take on Fulham uh, this weekend. I'm a little bit surprised by this pick, but I, I'm sure you've done your homework and your research. <laughs> so, so tell us why you've gone for it and what it is.
2: Now I got the lucky pin out this week and uh, just landed on it. No, it's uh, that it absolutely. I get where you're coming from. I'm going for both teams to score and at, one, at minus 107, it's virtually double your money on it. And for me, this is a bet on, on on can Fulham score effectively, simple as that. And um, I think they can. I think they can against Man City. Um, we all know Man City are unbelievable at home, especially. Uh, we've got a like. 100% record there this season, obviously won there again last night, come from behind in uh, in winning in a dead rubber Champions League game. So they, they just do that at home. So nine games in all competitions, nine wins, 37 goals scored, eight conceded, um, and it's six out of six in the league. So, um, yeah, I looked at the size that they've won to nil. So kept clean sheets against with Bournemouth, Forest and Southampton. And I make Fulham better than all those three sides. Um, and, and especially going forward, um, they conceded to Crystal Palace. In fact, they went 2-0 down to Crystal Palace inside like 20 minutes. Of course, all we need here is, well, assume Man City here going to score, we need need Fulham to get a goal. And uh, regardless of result, um, regardless of when. But um, I think it was like four minutes on the clock when Palace scored and then scored another and, and nearly, nearly had a goal this hour. So they got it, um, City. Um, and caused them problems. Man United obviously scored three there. Never looked like they were going to win the game. Obviously, they were 4 0 down, weren't they? But um I think, you know, sort of City maybe took the foot off the gas a little bit or, or got a little bit complacent and ended up shipping three in that one. And and our good friends just then talked about and Brighton scored against them uh, in their last home game. So um three-one defeat, but um so still got on the score sheet, and that's a side that obviously generally struggled to score goals um, uh, everywhere. So, uh, yeah, they, they managed it as well. And then you look in the Champions League from the three games in the Champions League, Dortmund and Sevilla both got on the score sheet against them. So it was only Copenhagen, which, again, would put them, Champions League standards-wise, would be in one of those kind of lower categories as far as teams against them are concerned. You know, we've talked about Fulham all week. Ah, uh, sorry, all all season, and um, and the fact that they're um impressed us. They've gone toe to toe with teams. They've come up and given it a go. They've looked impressive going forward. Mitrovic has obviously um done fantastic well for them. Nine goals in twelve league games. Can't ask for much more than that, unless you're Haaland, who could be on the opposite side here, of course. But um, we'll wait on his injury news on that one. But. 44 goals in Fulham's games this season. And the great thing is that as a newly promoted side, as I said, come up on toe-to-toe. That's it. that's shown in those stats. 44 goals, but 22 for, 22 against. So it's fairly, well, couldn't be any more even Stevens, could it? So they're, they're doing um, doing superbly well. Only failed to score twice in the league this season. Once was against our ah, other good friends, uh, Wolves, but they missed a penalty in that. So again, you know, you can't legislate for that. Should have scored in that one. And then um, an Everton side that we know sits in deep and, and will make it tough to score against. So a completely opposite side to this City side that obviously is expansive. Um, and you know, I think they're having problems defensively as far as they're having to rotate around Man City. So it's not that kind of set in stone back four, back five that is going to um, be there week in, week out, know what everyone else is doing. You are seeing those odd mistakes coming in and, and, and sides are, well, I say capitalize on it, at least getting a goal. Um, so they've um scored in all the last five away games of Fulham as well. That includes trips to Arsenal, as you well know, and, and Tottenham as well. So causing problems there, scoring goals in those games. Um both teams to score landed in all those five as well, so they are conceding as well as scoring goals. Um 14 goals in the last three away games, um, seven each, seven, four, seven again. So it's all set up well. Um, both teams to score in ten of their thirteen games this season is the highest in the league. So I think they're going to go there. We talked about a free swing um, for, for Leeds uh, earlier on. This is a free swing for F- um, Fulham to go to Man City and show what they can do and cause a few problems. So, both teams to score, I'm going for odds of minus 107. Didn't they yeah.
0: play each other last year in the FA Cup? I'm they sure did,
2: they,
0: 4-1. They scored in the FA Cup last year. Yeah. They, were, they, were yeah. then, they were a championship side then. And you would say that Fulham were a lot, lot better before now yeah. than they were, they were then.
2: I think they took the lead that day as well. I think they went in front early. Again another one where they I think seeing signs of trying to catch City early before they get into their into their flow and uh, and they did. Yeah, it's like ended 4-1 but that had a cash for us within about 10 minutes I think last last season.
1: Yeah, great stuff. you convinced me, Jack. You convinced yes. me. Uh, Nigel, let's I come back problem. to you mate. Newcastle take on Southampton.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we have our favourites on this show, don't we? We we have our favourites we want to get with. We have our favourites that we want to fade. The fade is obviously Wolves. The favourite is obviously Fulham in the goal market. And the fade between me and Jack this season, probably the team that we've bet most times, would be Newcastle. Um, I think there's something special going on at Newcastle at the moment. I really do. I think they're not getting the credit they deserve. I think people are expecting them to, to drop down the table. I think people are expecting the bookmakers are giving good odds about them to win matches mm-hmm. against teams very average Premier League sides, and there's something really good going on here. I mean, I look at I look at futures a lot, and and I've said it to you on this show before. And when I, when I, when I do the tennis, there's a guy called Felix Auger-Aliassime now who's playing exceptionally well. And He's like three. He, he's won his last three tournaments. He's he's won here again in Paris. Probably won't bet him to Paris because he's going to run into a bit of fatigue, but. It, Going into the Australian Open, he's a bet for the Australian Open at like 33 40 to one because no one's thinking about the Australian Open now. And this Newcastle side, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm betting them for the the cups. I think, you no, know, I think they're a side that are still forty to 1, 33 to one to win the cup. They're the, they're the fifth best team or you know, sixth best team in the, in, the, in England at the moment. They're considered the same price as Everton to win the cup competitions. That's wrong. When the cup comes around, they'd be half that price. So look at that in the future for you. But, like I say, we go about a little bit away from this game. Newcastle are playing well. I mean, they've only lost one game this season, and that was against yeah. Liverpool with a 97th-minute goal, wasn't it, that, that they conceded. Yeah. Um, so, they, to get them at, like, minus 113, I know it's on the road at Southampton, is it's a bit disrespectful, I feel. I feel these are two clubs going in absolutely different directions. Newcastle are going to go on the up and up. They'll be playing in Europe. I'm confident they are playing European football next season don't know what competition it could be. I mean, it could be the Champions League, the way Liverpool are off the pace at the moment. They're going to be interested in space there. But they are on the up, and Southampton are on the decline massively. Um, Southampton just have, have become a little bit boring. Their system, they've got some good players, but they're not they're not exciting anymore. And at home, they were pretty much a decent mat- match for anybody at St Mary's, but their home form this season has been dreadful. They've only won once in the last six. Um, Newcastle come here. Winning five of their last six matches, like I said, one loss against Liverpool, and I think this is a this is a good good price minus one thirteen. I would probably have them around about minus one twenty five. Um, I think they're slightly being undervalued, and and I feel they get the job done. I think they're a side that set themselves up well on the counter attack. Almirón's playing probably one of some of the best football in the Premier League at the moment, but not getting noticed. If I mean, if he was doing what he was doing at Manchester City, or um, it'd be getting so much credit, but you know, he's, he's been fantastic and they've got players to come back into this team as well, which is frightening really. So, um, yeah, I think Newcastle here minus minus one thirteen to win at Southampton is, is a, is a value pick because like I say, I I feel that Newcastle are are moving up and, and making inroads to the top four in the Premier League and Southampton for me, when they come back from the world cup, I've got a big, big relegation battle on their hands unless they can find a goal scorer. I think they need a goal scorer desperately. Um, and that's not going to be easy to do. So I think Newcastle here 113 on the road. They're going to have a lot of support down there as well. The Newcastle fans are back, falling in love with their club. They're going to be travelling again, and it's a happy place. It's um, like being back in the 90s again. Newcastle <laughs> Arsenal at the top of the ceremony table. All we need is Oasis to reform, and we'll all be happy.
2: Uh,
0: Sealy's on the tour of Europe, but it was very different tours then. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I feel like I'm back in, like, 1994. So, uh, it's quite good. I thought we're setting us up
2: for another, um, another rendition of like that. Look Back in Anger or something. And we're gonna end with that.
0: No, 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 of course no. I wouldn't, I would, I would uh, it's a master plan that I've got. For you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come back. Listen, I just wish I could live forever and tell you all the stories about it, but I can't, I'm afraid. So, hello, on,
1: <laughs> you just
0: all you gotta do is roll with it, and that's all you gotta do <laughs> is just take and take your time, and the winners will
1: come. Nice. Nicely done. Um, Jack, let's come back to he's been practicing that. He's been practicing oh, that. I know. He's been practicing that. He's off the cuff. There must be a mirror in that hotel room. Oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Even did the Liam Gallagher Lean in then. Yeah. Some might
0: say, some might say that Harry Simeon.
1: <laughs> Jack, uh, let's come to you, mate, for the final bet. Uh, Tottenham taking on Liverpool at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Really tough one to call this, I think.
2: You're right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was thinking much the same. This is a tough one to call for who's going to win it. Um, both sides are kind of in quite weird form at the moment, aren't they? So I've gone with goals in it. Um, it reminds me of a couple of games that we've already had in the last couple of weeks, um, which would this bet would have cashed. It's over two and a half goals and both teams to score at odds of minus one, one, seven. Um, and say so it looks like a good game and it looks like a game that's perfectly set up for both sides to kind of use their strengths, really. Um, I I think Liverpool will will go and attack it. They've got, they've got a win. We've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. They've got a win. They've like, just, could well be about 13th in the league, come kickoff. This is the last game on, on Sunday. So like you know, everyone else would have played. They could be in could be in like the bottom half of the of the table. Um lots of catch it up to do if if they're gonna look to get even in those European places, really. To be fair, we've already touched on Newcastle. There's sides there that are performing much better at the moment than they are. Both of these two obviously played in um, in midweek. Champions League action. Um, no VAR saved you this time, Harry, from uh, people dancing around your living yeah, room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, Spurs I getting I didn't let run. them in this
1: time, mate. I just didn't let them in.
2: <laughs> you know, just a last second, last second winner. So you'd assume that game would have took out more on Spurs than than the, the Liverpool one. Um obviously beat Napoli. Good result for them. So good confidence boost for them having uh you know the, the results they've had recently. So um you know the injury for Son as well be interested to see how that one goes. Uh, hopefully for this bet certainly that he's um that he's gonna be able to play. Um, I think he was involved in the celebrations they said after, so you'd assume it's not too serious for him. Um, But I say Liverpool will be front foot. They're going to attack Spurs and Spurs are happy with that. They'll invite teams on. They'll invite that pressure on and then look to spring on the counter and play that way. And so it reminds me of the game of Newcastle a couple of weeks ago where Newcastle effectively got the foot into the game, took a two goal lead. And then Spurs had to try and um try and so get back into it, got a goal, um, which would obviously land this bet quite quite early on. So um something similar to that, I'm expecting, and they'll and we'll certainly take it. So um they are good at home, certainly in the league. 10 wins on the spin before that Newcastle game. So we know that they can perform at home, although they've not been blowing sides away, they've always kind of say given teams chances, uh, defensively, not convinced by Spurs still. Um, I think they've only kept four clean sheets so far this season, which goes to show you for a side that are third in the table, that's quite a, a, a poor statistic. Um, and against this Liverpool side, whoever they 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 put up front, um, I think Nunes is a bit of a, a wild card, um, but could certainly cause them problems. I think he's, he's he will just score his goals and miss quite a few along the way. Um, Salah's starting to come back into form and scoring goals on a regular basis as well. So I think there's any question of doubt that that Liverpool will will. Get chances and score against Spurs. Um, and of course, you know, Spurs' got likes so of Harry Kane up front. Um, and they've also what they haven't had over recent years is team people chipping in as well. The likes of Bentencore now scoring goals from midfield. Choiberg's probably had his best goal scoring season ever. Um, is, is reddish in, in that role as well. They've obviously got the wing backs that they can that they could use and the, and they're causing problems. So even with the likes of Richarlison and Kulosevsky being out. They've still got to find them ways to score goals and, and different players scoring goals. And as we mentioned earlier, scored a couple of set pieces last week as well. So, um, you know, Liverpool have that habit of conceding first two. So that again would set up the game pretty well for, for, for um, Spurs if they can get that early goal. Um, Liverpool have conceded eight of in 12 first goals this season. And then Spurs are going to go, all right, you come at us and we'll look to look, pick you off on the counter. So, um, Seven of their 12 have ended in both teams scoring. Um, three of their five away games. So, all these stats will, would, would lend itself to the fact this the way this one's going. And the other game it reminds me of is, of course, when um uh Liverpool played Arsenal a few weeks ago as well. And I think we dubbed it at the time a bit of a cup tie. And this will be the way there's there's no way Liverpool can sit back and, and accept this if there's going to be goals in it. Liverpool have got to throw everything at it. They can't like accept it, even a draw. They're not going to be able to take that because of where they are in the league. If they need to close the gap, these are the games that are going to be crucial to them because, obviously, Spurs are up there at the moment and, and it'll be a good point swing for them to go here and get a good result. So that's what I'm going for, over two and a half goals and both teams to score at minus one, one seven.
1: Nigel, have you got an opinion on this game? I also want to get you guys' thoughts just quickly on the Chelsea-Arsenal game, another big one coming up on Sunday. But I noticed that nobody's gone anywhere near that. <laughs> well,
0: I, th- I think I uh, think Liverpool it's a must-win game for Liverpool, isn't it? Every game for Liverpool now is a must-win game, and I think that they've got to play at a high tempo, they've got to play under pressure, they've got to go for it. Um again, the home factor again with the World Cup, the Liverpool fans will have a terrible Christmas if they lose this and go into the new into the new year in um or sorry, go into the Christmas break in the mid-table of the Premier League. So it's a huge, huge match. Uh, with regards to the Chelsea Arsenal game, I w- I really would not I'd watch it. I I've got, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't suss s- 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 out at all. I think that Chelsea would have a bounce back from that dis- disappointment against Brighton, um, and I think it's whether uh, Arteta can get his Arsenal side over the mental belief that whenever they play Chelsea, the Chelsea always seems to beat them.
1: Well, he um, went there last year and won. To be fair to him, yeah, but
0: that's, I mean, but that they're always a side that Arsenal always seems to get beat by Chelsea over the years. You know you're referring to one win in what how many? Twenty or yeah, something? Like yeah, that. you're right. So a... um, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there is some kind of mental belief with Arsenal supporters that Chelsea always beat them and not, Chelsea always sort of oh Arsenal to come and Arsenal Tottenham always beat them. So I think for two reasons, I think it's a good game for Chelsea because you want to be playing you want to be tested after a terrible game like that against Brighton. And for Arsenal, I think we'll we'll establish exactly where we where they are even more. In the next week, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it be a draw. Actually, I'm going to sit perfectly on the fence and go for a 1 1 draw, but I wouldn't have a bet on it personally,
2: Jack. Yeah, it's a tough one to call, isn't it? Because we know up until last week, which burned both myself and Nigel on two different bets, that um, we were we we're looking at a watertight Chelsea, and you think, well, they'll get them set up to defend against Arsenal, but then Arsenal have been so good going forward as well. So, um, I couldn't work out whether I, would, I thought there was going to be goals in it or not. So it's one to absolutely leave, and it should be a good one to watch. But my my thoughts were the same. When you're in that kind of state of mind, you go, well, I can't really call it. So that that lends itself to be a draw. Um, would you sign for a draw now? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I, think I would. I so I would. that that says a lot, doesn't it? As well, that's what we mm-hmm. think. That the managers certainly, Arteta going there would we'll
1: go, would we'll, we'll probably take a draw, sign for it now, move on yeah absolutely uh let's summarize then this weekend's picks uh from Nigel We've got Leeds to beat Bournemouth that's at minus one thirty six We've got wolves versus Brighton under two and a half goals that's also at minus one thirty six and we've got Newcastle to beat Southampton at minus one thirteen uh Jack's gone with Manchester City and Fulham both teams to score yes at minus one o seven. Leeds United versus Bournemouth to have over two and a half goals at minus 136. And Tottenham versus Liverpool, both teams to score and over two and a half goals at minus 117. Don't forget to make sure that you are subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to whichever pa- uh, podcast platform it is that you listen to the content from. Be sure to give the guys a follow at the Because We Win handle. Closing in on 2,000 followers, Nigel, we're getting there.
0: Yeah, I think we should. I think we should get there by the time this is um, this has been aired.
1: Brilliant. Make sure uh, you jump on there then, and that way you can keep across all the latest. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, anything to add from either one of you? Any other business?
0: Well, um, just kind of things for me. I, I, I may be half the world away, and I don't want to be. Talking, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much tonight. But um, the one thing I would say is, this obviously the World Cup's coming up. And uh, next week, we're recording all our studio shows in London, 11 shows we're recording. Jackson going to be involved in it. And Carrie's going to be involved in the content on the World Cup as well. Um, so there's a huge amount of Cuff coming. And the World Cup is only, can you believe it? The World Cup is only, what, three weeks away now. Uh, it's, it's going to be what, less than three weeks, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be insanely busy. And it's going to be very exciting because everyone's going into the unknown of what's going to happen here. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the World Cup, the countdown to the World Cup is almost here uh, and it starts next Friday. So from next Monday, uh, all the Bet Rivers content on the World Cup groups, tournament winner, top goal scorer, props, uh, will all be available on the YouTube channel and on your preferred download from your podcast provider. So can't wait for that.
1: Brilliant stuff. Lots of content coming your way. And as Nigel says, the tournament's really creeped up on us because we haven't had that time (laughs) after a season to kind of get bored and wait for football to return. (laughs) Instead, we're going to go straight into it, which is kind of good or bad depending on what way you look at it but anyway lots of stuff coming your way so be sure to make sure that you're subscribed you know with with the drill by now and we'll be back very very soon with more until next time cheers thanks for listening to betting weekly english premier league on the bet rivers network